I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 194. and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. It's November, and it's a month where, at least in the U.S., we celebrate Thanksgiving. I want to have a heart of gratitude every day, don't you? Well, one thing I'm thankful for is a foundation of truth that has been tucked into my heart through music. But much of the music I grew up with as a child included hymns. And many of you may still sing hymns in your churches. We have a few tucked in our services here and there. But generally, they're not the organ and verses four, one, two, and four, you know, that I grew up singing. In fact, I have a funny story about hymns. When I was first married, we moved to a new city. And one of the very first Sunday evening services that we went to as a young married couple, um, the pastor from a local mission church, actually the mission church that our larger church sponsored, was in the service to baptize a new believer from the mission church. And he put out the plea that he was in need of someone to lead the singing at the mission. And I looked at my husband and I told him that I felt like we should go do that. Little did we know that we would be embarking on a two-year journey with that church that included much more than singing, but that's another story for another day. But when I got to the mission, I discovered that they sang everything a cappella because there were there was no pianist. And while I can sing, I can't really play any instruments. instruments. I mean, I can pick out a few notes on the piano just to make sure I'm in tune, but... That was about it. And the pastor did mention that they had a hymn box that I could use. And this is basically a box that plugged into the sound system. And you would punch in the number of the hymn and you would hit play and the hymn would begin to play. You could speed it up and you could slow it down, but that was about it. Uh, There was no intro. So either you listened to an entire verse, play all the way through before beginning to sing, or like as the first few notes played, you just jumped right in, which is what we would normally do. Uh, And it also did not have a way to end early. So we always sang all four verses or five verses, however many were in the hymn. So crazy memories, fun times. But all of that to say that during the month of November, I will be using modern renditions of some of my favorite hymns. And a nod to the thankfulness that I have for the wonderful doctrine I learned through hymns, and I didn't even realize it. In fact, I was speaking to a colleague this week, and I was telling him that I was planning to use hymns, and I'm, I'm excited about it because they are very rich with doctrine. And he agreed that the newer songs that we tend to sing are pretty light on solid teaching. And he said, yeah, they say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> and while we both agree that it is not a horrible thing to sing our praises and sing our love of, of God to God, 
there's much more that we could say and much more that we can learn from our music. So this week I will be using Wren Collective's version of the hymn, Be Thou My Vision. They actually took out the these and thous in the hymn as it was versified by Eleanor Hole in 1912. And I didn't actually grow up singing this hymn, and I don't really know when I first heard it, but it really has stuck with me since I've heard it for the first time, and I now count it as my favorite hymn. And Wren Collective is one of my favorite bands, so before we go any further, let's listen. You are my vision, O King of my heart, nothing else is for you. I wish I could play the whole song, but I will go ahead and link to the official version in my show notes. You can always find the show notes at michellekneezat.com, and this week is episode 194, so you go to michellekneezat.com forward slash 194. Now, when I think of God being my vision, my best thought by day or by night, I feel a sense of intimacy with my Father God. Now, normally I use the song to send me to a section of scripture and we'll sit there for a while, but there are quite a few phrases in this hymn that I want to take some time to discuss today and just point out some scriptural support for the ideas that are held within the hymn. Now, the first phrase, God being our vision, doesn't really have a specific scripture you can point to. There's not like a proverb or a psalm that says God is our vision. So there is a verse in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. In the King James Version, it reads, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, I like this verse, and I find it's often misquoted, or at least half-quoted. And while many of the Proverbs do stand alone, you know, verse by verse, you really shouldn't take them out of context by only using half of the verse. So in the NIV, it reads, Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Now, this gets us closer to the true meaning of the proverb. It is not talking about vision like you would at a in, in a corporate setting. Uh, it's not even really talking about a good goal setting session. It is talking about making connections with God's word in such a way that you can see what God is trying to say or what he's teaching you. So I was having this marvelous conversation with my fifth grade daughter and about her job this week in literature. And she has been this week the connector. Uh, Her job is to find connections in the text, either to biblical worldview, perhaps history, uh, current events, uh, other literature, or even sometimes personal experiences. I love the one that she said, yeah, they're reading The Secret Garden and there's this boy in it that gets a little grumpy when he doesn't get enough sleep. And she made the connection to me and my husband that we get a little grumpy when we're when we miss our nap on Sunday. <laughs> so that was her connection. But anyway, she said that she likes having the job of connector because it keeps her focus. She's looking for connections. Therefore, she finds them. <laughs> Go figure. I mean, there's something really deep here. When she and I were talking about it, I thought, I said, Meredith, 
that's what I do on the podcast. She's like, mom, that's what your job is. You're the connector. And so when we have no vision, when we have no revelation from God, we cast off restraints. We end up putting our feet on the path of destruction. We, you know, it says the people perish because we do not have wisdom that comes from making the connections with God's word to our own lives. But when we heed wisdom's instructions, when we keepeth the law, we are blessed and happy. This is what the scripture is teaching us. And to that end, I want God himself to be my vision, the king of my heart. I want to be so focused on him that I can't help but make the connections. And I want to walk in his light. So when I sing this song, I cast aside my own plans. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I want God and God alone to be my vision. Think of the English word vision. I mean, it can mean what we've been talking about, like the act or power of anticipating something that will come to pass. Or more simply, it is just the act or power of sensing with the eyes. It is sight. So another way that I sometimes sing this song is as a prayer for God to be my sight, where I interpret life through his lens and not my own. Now, the first verse of the song we just listened to, it ends with waking or sleeping, your presence my light. And David in Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Uh, so he is your, his presence is my light. He is the light. He is my light and my salvation. And I want him to be my vision, my very sight. Now, verse two of the song says this, it says, you are my wisdom. You are my true word. I ever with you and you with me, Lord, you are my great father and I'm your true son. You dwell inside me together. We are one. So you are my wisdom. All right. So be thou my vision. And then the next verse says, you are my wisdom. God is the source of wisdom. So why do I spend so much time and effort seeking wisdom from any other source? I'm not saying that we shouldn't consult authors and teachers to help us interpret the wisdom that God gives. But scripture is clear. Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So just like my daughter seeking the connections in her literature, that is what I seek to do here on the podcast. I look for connections in scripture to the music we're listening to regularly. Now, because I seek wisdom and revelation from God and his word, guess what? I gain wisdom and revelation from God and his word. Just like my daughter, she seeks out connections and she finds them because she's looking for them. If I'm looking for wisdom and revelation from God's word, I will find it. That's where it is. It, it comes from him. Now, the knowledge and understanding that we seek, again, it's all right there. We just have to do the work. And, and we need to stop placing such high value on other sources and seek the knowledge and understanding that we desire from the mouth of God. The final phrase of this particular verse of our song says, you dwell inside me together. We're one. This is sound teaching. First Timothy 1.14 says, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. 
Now, when you read that verse in context, you see this tender letter from a spiritual father to his child. Paul is writing to Timothy from a prison cell, uh, but he is reminding him of his genuine faith, his faith that was passed down from his grandmother and from his mother. It was reinforced with his relationship through his relationship with Paul. Uh, Paul reminds him of the gospel message, and then he says this to him, Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. So when we sing, Thou in me dwelling and I with thee one, we can be sure it is true. And that, the, and that power of the Holy Spirit that's dwelling within us will help us guard the truth that has been entrusted to us through our diligently seeking it. So we were just talking about seeking it and working hard at it. And the Holy Spirit who lives within us will give us the power to uh, guard that truth once it's in us. Now the final phrase I want to draw out this week is found in verse 4 of the song. And it reads like this, I don't want riches or man's empty praise. You're my inheritance now and always. You and you only, the first in my heart, high king of heaven, my treasure you are. Now, when I sing this, I'm actually speaking life over myself. Because if I'm honest, I do want my, I I do find myself wanting riches and man's praise. Uh, But when I'm reminded of the treasure of Christ that, and, and how incomparable it is to riches and the praise of men. All of those things truly do dim in the significance of the treasure of Christ. And so I want to sing those words. I don't want riches or man's empty praise. I want to sing them and I want them to be true because I want to know that he's my inheritance now and always. And there's this picture of God being our inheritance found in Deuteronomy chapter 18. When discussing the promised land that each tribe would get, um, that was these were the the, the Israelites that left uh, Egypt in the Exodus, and they were promised the some land in the promised land in the land of Canaan, and uh, each tribe would get an allotment of land. And it was their inheritance. It was their portion as an Israelite from the line of Jacob. But listen to this. Listen to what the Levites, and this was the tribe of priests. Listen to what they would get. The Levitical priests, indeed, uh, this is chapter 18, verse 1. The Levitical priests, indeed, the whole tribe of Levi, are to have no allotment or inheritance with Israel. They shall live on the food offerings presented to the Lord, for that is their inheritance. They shall have no inheritance among their fellow Israelite. The Lord is their inheritance as he promised them. Ah, at first it seems like, what? That's not fair until you see what their inheritance is. Who needs land when the Lord is your inheritance? And I can't help but think of how Peter referred to followers of Christ in 1 Peter 2.9. He calls us a chosen people, a royal priesthood a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are a royal priesthood, and like our Levitical counterparts, the Lord is our inheritance. 
another word for inheritance is portion. So whenever you hear a song about God being our portion or read it in the Psalms, it means the same thing. In fact, Psalm 16 refers to God as our portion. He's our treasure. I could go on and on and on. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here. Normally, I lead with my Bible interaction tool exercises that I use. Honestly, I just used a couple bites this week. They were pretty simple. I used a song to inspire me, and then I searched out scriptures that may have similar phrasing in them. Now, you might think I'm just some kind of Bible genius that knows everything everywhere, but really what I do is I search for phrases in Google, and then I add the word scripture at the end. Okay, and then I take my findings and read them from God's word. Okay, so a lot of times I may know now, like I when I was reading in Deuteronomy, I knew that we would we were referred to as as um, a, a royal priesthood, and so I had made I had done the study prior, and I had made that connection in my own head. But sometimes I don't really know where it is found, so I use Google. I mean, that's my bite, right? Um, so, but listen, when you're led to Psalm twenty-seven one, because it's God is referred to as the the light of our salvation, then I go ahead and read all of Psalm twenty-seven. That's reading in context. If I'm led to Second Timothy one. Then I read all of 2 Timothy 1. If I'm led to Deuteronomy 18, a verse there, I'll go ahead and read the whole chapter. Sometimes I'll even use the bite of looking at the section headings before and after just to make sure I know what's going on around that chapter. Now, the more you read, the easier it will be to make connections that you've never made before. And as I hope to do every week, I want to encourage you to do this for yourself. I can make the connections for you. And every once in a while, you might even say, wow, I've never thought of that. But I know the thrill of making new connections, just me and the Lord and his word. And there's nothing like it. There really isn't. So I encourage you to try it for yourself. So what's next? So you can take the scriptures. I'm going to go ahead and put them in the show notes that I found. You can link them back to what you're singing about if you listen to You Are My Vision or even a different version of Be Thou My Vision. Perhaps you need a place to sit for a while. And so I recommend Psalm 16. It's a really good place. It talks about God being a God alone, being our portion or or our inheritance like our hymn um, speaks of this week. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com or hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or even on Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, theoverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. So when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Betty from Mississippi, Felicia from Georgia, Cord from North Carolina, Tanya from Massachusetts, Cheryl from Pennsylvania, Maria from Georgia, Jennifer from somewhere in the U.S., Tammy from Washington, Mary from California, Mary from Arizona, and Amy from Mississippi. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can even print it out. You will also get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. It's just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today.
Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. And while you're there, please leave me a written review and star rating. This not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using How Great Thou Art by Carrie Underwood to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 194. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.